play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. G'day, g'day, and welcome to the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Maddie C, and I am the host of the show and also commissioner of the league that gives this show its name. You can find us too. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Astro League Podcast. We are also on Twitter at Astro League Pod. Welcome. This is episode 87 today. Can you believe that? We've been on a wild ride over the last nine months from a series of, gee, way back when. It was three pre-draft shows in July last year to uh, some mock drafts, including Seahorse, well before he was the Seahorse proper. We had our first Taylor Talks and then ran the gambit of a full NFL fantasy season reporting on what was happening within our league. But on that journey, too, we met all 15 owners, not named Matty C, and have since gotten into the off-season and covered some broader topics like Dynasty League fantasy, rookies coming into the league, NFL versus amateur football rules, and we've even had this recent full series on fantasy football for beginners through March. I haven't even mentioned the full series two of shows that we did on league management with the Seahorse through January and February, and we also had a two-part collaboration with the great Sizzle and Quinny. Find them at Sizzle and Quinny on Instagram. They've got a great podcast. But next for the Astros Fantasy Podcast, we have a great month of collaborations with some terrific independent podcasters as a part of what we're calling Appreciation April. The first cab off the rank is going to be this week, and it's going to be a good mate of ours in the podcasting community, Chaotic Neutral Podcast. That's all ahead of us, though. But today, well, it's part two of Taylor Talk, breaking down a recap on what happened in free agency. Part one featured some great analysis on some big name players and even got into some tangents like getting toothpaste back in a tube, being covered in ticks, eating a pie floater. We even brought back Taylor Nailed. We asked this. Daniel Jones, now Kyler Murray. There was some censorship required when uh, Matty C here dropped Washington's old team name while Taylor was doing a victory lap, and I even made a lettuce sandwich somewhere along the way. So, yeah, plenty of wild stuff to get into from part one. So if you haven't found that, in case you missed it, it'll be wherever you find your podcast. Here we are on all the podcatchers too. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, The Works. I think it's time for me to get out of the way. And bring on the Taylor Talk intro and get the big fella in here to get through part two. All right, let's do it. Mate, I spend a lot of time in supermarkets, and now every time I walk past the juice <laughs> section, I can't get the old juju out of my mind. Oh, Look no, what you've mate. done for me. <laughs> the orange juice juju. How good is yeah, what have you done to me? So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I've got uh, OJ Ice Block on my mind, and uh, I'm very, very glad that he's not going to the Jets or Cincinnati. That would have ruined his career for him. Um, but, dude, don't you think the Pittsburgh contract was weird? So, I'll I'll do the ultimate non-tick here. This completely <laughs> shocked me. Well, I was I was actually shocked by it. Um, there is one sort of reason I can see for it. But once again, I was completely shocked. Only thing I can think of is that he wanted a piece of that cap, cap upgrade next season. So he just signed a one-year deal where he was comfortable with the team and just thought he was going to get paid somewhere else next year. Um, I just think this hurts all three of their, their receiving call, all the main three. I just think it's horrendous for them. Yeah, like, you know, 
I just don't know that Ben's got enough shoulder to put it to all three of them and keep a fantasy-relevant running back. God knows who that's going to be. But, yeah, I just... After watching that offense slowly get worse and worse and then they bring Ben back. Yeah, I'm not excited. Did you have more notes on Juju? Uh, no. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> man, I, I thought the whole Juju thing was really odd to me. And part of me thought, oh, God, is it just really maybe that he just wants to stay in that chaotic building because that's all he knows of the NFL. And he's like, better here than going somewhere else where the rules might be different. I'll just sign the one year. I don't have a lot of leverage if I tell everyone I would just want to stay. I don't know. I just eh, it, I just thought it was a peculiar thing. I, I don't know. I just don't know that Ben's cook noodle of an arm is going to be great for everybody there at all, watching how more anemic that offense got the longer the season went on last year. Anyway. No, I just think all three of them are taking targets off each other, and I don't think I think Ben's only going to be worse. And I know that I think there was Chiefs and Ravens were after him. Um, I can understand yeah. why I didn't go to the Ravens because – you know, cost a small pie. And when you're trying to get a new deal, you don't want to be, you know, have shit numbers because, you know, Lamar never passed it to you. Kansas City, I thought, would have been great for him. But I get, I, like I said, I just think he stayed comfortable. He thought, I can get way more money next year when the cap goes up, presumably. You know, if COVID doesn't wear its ugly head again. I, I just think that's the reason he's done it. Um, I just think it sucks for all of them. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, but, dude, if you were going to get paid... You would like to go to a place where they've got a truck ton of money and they're a terrible team who's going to throw the ball. Enter Corey Davis. That's it. <laughs> Come on down. So he's going to the Jets. He's the poor, unfortunate sucker who gets to go to that horrible, crap heap of a team. But, I mean, do we have any confidence that the team's going to be any better at all? Well, I it always seemed the writing was on the wall that he was out of Tennessee. Uh, I predicted Baltimore but he's taking up the money and ending his career at the Jets. <laughs> no one wanted to go to Baltimore, like I just mentioned, uh, which yeah. I assume because of such little receiving work given by Lamar, that free agents didn't want to have such low numbers uh, on their resume. Uh, I'm not sure who the Jets' QB will be, so it's hard to say if this works out for Davis or not. So I guess it's a wait and see. But just generally what the Jets normally do, uh, you have to say it's a, it's a downgrade, but... Who knows? God, can you imagine the Jets just doing something like taking a defensive end? Oh, he's such a Jets move. <laughs> yeah, and like Salah's there now, so maybe it will be a defense. I, I don't know. Surely he's smart enough. I'll take oh, someone that could have traded down to the 26th pick and take him. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, pull one out quickly for Corey Davis. But God, God bless you, Corey. We enjoyed you at Tennessee, and, and sad to see you pass away in memory of Corey Davis. <laughs> Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. peace. Uh, man, I'm, I'm not resting on this one because I'm super excited to see Jameis get to stay at New Orleans. Neither of us thought there was a world where he was leaving New Orleans and we're coming up with weird or wacky places just to fill the space, I think, about where we could send Jameis and just be damn fun. So I'm kind of glad that was right. Get, get the pets out, mate. Rub yourself in them. Tick, tick, tick. Yeah, I'll take a tick here. Um, I was right about Jameis. He stayed to have that weird QB fight between a blind guy and a tight end gadget. <laughs> That's it. This is a cage match, is it? Just, you know, we're going to put two obscure things in and see who wins. Yep. See whatever's left at the end and hope it <laughs> resembles a quarterback. Fingers crossed. So I've got written here NO for New Orleans, but then I wrote next to it, yes. So it's no yes is what my note says, and I, I really probably could have written that better. Yeah, really uh, thought that one through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thinking through, you could not have segued this better. What the hell is New England doing with Cam Newton back? 
I don't know. Uh, I hope he stayed for the Pats' sake for a happy meal voucher. Um, <laughs> maybe Andy Dalton, you know, doing side gig, being Ronald McDonald, handed him a couple on the side. Uh, <laughs> and I hope he's just the backup orange peeler to the backup quarterback. I, Fear. <laughs> you know, I just hope that that's what he's doing because the, they are going nowhere if he's the starting QB. I mean, what else have they got? Because we're talking about the Stidham thing of like, well, surely if Stidham was the answer, they would have found a way to get him in there when Cam was dead with COVID. And then when Cam came back and was a shadow of himself, they're like, it's still better than Stidham. So like, wow, yeah. how bad is Stidham? They and would then have you put go, Stidham in. Cam 10 million to come back. And it's not ten million. That's just the total contract. It's far less guaranteed. It's yeah, very incentive laden. But I mean, still, you're dragging this guy back when you know how awful his ceiling is. Ugh. I mean, I didn't even have a prediction for where this guy goes, and you had the let's make some shit up and just send him back to Carolina for a swan. <laughs> so both of us were pretty sure he was out of the league, pretty much. I just assumed at best he was just going to be a backup somewhere. And you're right. <laughs> if, if they didn't think the Stidham was straight ass. There is no way he wouldn't have played more. So, right. He, they, they, they can't, he can't be the guy unless he's miraculously grown an arm over the over the offseason. But <laughs> I, I think I like to think that they will be guys trying to move up or try to do something for a quarterback in the draft. I, I just don't know why you go after all this offensive talent uh, to not try and you know pull a move to do something to get one of these quarterbacks in this draft because it is pretty quarterback heavy. The problem is it's yeah. almost too quarterback heavy and it almost seems like all the um, high picks are going to go quarterback. So they might need to move up. Actually, you know, instead of going backwards in the draft like Belichick normally does, they're going to have to actually yeah. do something to try and get one of these guys. I've always had a feeling a guy like Mac Jones might end up there. I just feel like he would fit the, you know, sort of Tom Brady-esque mould, um, almost game managerial sort of in a way. I don't know. I really don't know, but it can't be Cam because he is a sack of shit. <laughs> oh, but say, haven't you heard? I, I, this is the problem with being a Jags fan is that uh, then there was all this talk about how uh, the Jags were a bit enamored with Mac Jones. I'm like, oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, it. We're taking God. Trevor Lawrence. That's it. But, gee, if we took Mac Jones, could you imagine everyone else just fumbling their way out of getting Trevor Lawrence and then him ending up somehow by the mercy of whatever is unholy at New England and, and the league being broken for another 15 Years. Sounds <laughs> like Bo Callahan in draft day. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Jeez. Yeah, imagine that. That'd be awful. I mean, the the problem with that movie is that it insinuates something good happened to the Browns and we can't have that. No. But this That's whole how you know it's not made... realistic. <laughs> yeah, right. This whole Cam Newton thing made me just spew in my mouth a little bit and then I had that awkward decision of whether to swallow it or spit it out and it was, you know, if you're going to spit it out, you have to coax more up. It was one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> it was... It wasn't a great decision to bring these guys up in the first initial podcast as it is, and we're just re- revisiting the vomit. <laughs> it truly is. Look, we, we sort of got through the first um, swathe of guys, but there are other guys that are really worthwhile talking about. Open slather time, Tay. Bring them. Who have you got you want to talk about? Um, so there was just a few others that we did actually mention. So T.Y. Hilton stayed in Indy. I didn't, I didn't feel like the team cared whether they signed him or not. They just waited until everyone else was signed and then realised they still had cap room. I still like Pittman to be the guy this year. Curtis Samuel, I've quickly touched on him already, is an interesting one. I love Pitts going there, as I already mentioned. um, As I said, I already mentioned him. Not being part of a three-headed receiving core at Carolina should only help his value uh, in fantasy. 
Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, Fitz just, just finds guys down the field. Um, it did bust up my Samuels all turning up at San Francisco thing, and I only yeah. came up with two. And then all of a sudden, Sam Bradford got brought up by someone not named me. Yeah, and, um, I'm not and sure the whole thing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's a bit of a pity they didn't eventuate. <laughs> um, one other one, too, was uh, your boy Marvin Jones. So My boy. I didn't see this one coming. I figured he'd go to be a wide receiver two on a contender, but instead winds up in a rebuilding project at the Jags. I'll let you take this away, Matty C. <laughs> well, well, I think he's starting to look long-term, and he's like, well, you know, if I have to see out, I've, I've been in the league all these years now, and, um, you know, this is my ninth season, and I'm going to go somewhere where there, where there isn't complete ass. So I think that's all it is, is that he's gone from shitty Cincinnati on the side of that bullshit polluted lake up to Detroit, where it's even worse. And then he's like, fuck, mate, give me some sun. Give me some fucking sun. Give me a stadium that's got a pool deck. So I think that was 100% the logic behind the decision, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I like it for the Jags. <laughs> I like it for the Jags. I, I just think that they've done good. They've done sort of what I thought where I thought they were going to make huge splashes like an Aaron Jones, like we mentioned. But I thought they were going to at least try and be competitive this year and sort of build. So I think they've actually got a pretty good receiving call there for Trevor Lawrence because you can't just have him playing with rookies and absolute nobodies because you need him to actually have some guys that can catch if you want to actually see what you've got in him. So guys like Marvin Jones, Chenault, I actually think they're really going to help. Oh, and Didi. You've still got Chark. Um, there at the moment, so I actually think that's pretty good for him. So, mm. um, yeah, look, I- I'm encouraged that we'll, as long as we've got someone who can pass it, we've got guys that can catch it. No worries. So, I'm going to run through some mentions quickly. I'll, I'll just run through them all, and then you can touch on any ones that I say if you want to talk about them. So, I'll just, uh, Yay. so I'll sort of scattergun this a bit. So, Josh Reynolds to Tennessee. Uh, I like it as the Corey Davis replacement. They mainly bolstered their defense, which was much needed. They were a leaky arsehole yeah. defense last year. <laughs> I uh, 100% concur. Carry on. Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. Bar for fantasy, absolutely gross. I, oh, I, what does it do to Jacobs? Oh, oh mate, yeah, we can touch on that at the end if you want to. It's absolutely disgusting, though. Uh, Aguilar to the Pats, your boy. Don't see, My boy, yeah. Don't see how this makes him any better for fantasy, but obviously <laughs> no. need to see his QB is, but I don't mind it for the Pats. Oh, man, you know what he's done? He's gone there for another championship. And I say another championship because don't you remember the Eagles championship, Algalore? That's It's a name that is synonymous with success. Yeah, anyway, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no talking points there. Uh, Gerald Everett to the Seahawks. I don't care at all about him. I don't think he's that fantasy relevant there, but I think him leaving makes Tyler Higby very interesting at the tight end. Yes. Back at the Rams. The Higbeast. I don't know. I'm looking at that thinking to myself, wow, we saw Jimmy Graham not be a complete corpse on legs at Seattle with the same quarterback, with the same not amazing defense. So the team did have to chuck the ball around a bit. And we've seen the tight end. Make your end very loose in Seattle, actually, after the Hollister and uh, yeah, Disley picks and that sort of thing through last year. I just hate the mix they've already got there, the Hollister yeah. and Disley sort of combo, and then obviously Olsen's gone now. I, I just don't like it. It's especially... oh, I think I saw Hollister sign somewhere else, too. He might oh, be in Detroit okay. now or well, something that like that, too. A, so, yeah, it's makes it so much better, better, I know. I'm still not sold on it, especially because <laughs> there's talk about Seattle not letting Russ cook this year and wanting to go back to the run game. So. Not letting him cook. That's actually... Oh, they got Aristos in, mate. They've just, you know, someone else is coming in 
and gets to just cook with the groceries he finds at the cupboard. It's Aristos, a surprise chef. Are you too young for that reference? No, no, I understand it. You got it? Okay, good. <laughs> Absolutely. I hadn't scripted that. That was just something that it's like, oh, God. Now I've got halfway through this and I've done a terrible job of explaining it. I, All right, carry on. I've got one other I should have never written down. Just, I just thought of it then. Is, uh, is actually um, Chris Carson. Um, him yeah. just in re-signing there, I think it's actually really good for him. Yeah. I don't think he would have found a better spot in free agency for fantasy. Uh, I think it's just his backfield now. I can't, you know, I've got another. I'm going to mention your boy Carlos Hyde that's gone to Jags and Sack. <sighs> I yeah. just think him gone uh, actually helps him. Uh, I think they are going to run the ball more in Seattle. Uh, they are just going to let Russ cook, and they actually made coaching changes to try and do that. So I actually think Chris Carson's and he's always undervalued in drafts. He just always is. That's so crazy. He isn't flashy. He isn't the guy anyone's taking at the top. So I think he's going to be undervalued. I just wanted to drop that in there. Jared Cook to the Chargers as the replacement for Henry could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, he has big playability in the end zone. And having my husband to throw to him instead of old man <laughs> noodle arm Breeze. Sorry, Breeze. Sorry, Breezes. Sorry, sorry, SQ. But that's what he was at the end. Can only be a plus for him. I can't believe you just said those things about your all-time fantasy dream team quarterback. That, and that's that's why I had to put that little disclaimer in at the end. He, he wasn't always like that. It was just Harry was at no. the end. Yeah, fair enough. Who wants to be remembered by their last year's Michael Jordan? By the way, okay, 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 carry on, carry on. <laughs> so this guy I actually want to just quickly touch on because I actually think he's going to be a huge value. He might be my this year's Deshaun. So let's hope it works out better. Rashad Perryman to the Lions is very interesting to me. He is the guy. It's basically just him and Ty Williams for Goff to throw to, and they will be down a lot, and I mean a lot. (laughs) Perryman is a very nice smoky for me this year in fantasy. I just think Goff, as much as people don't see him as this upper echelon quarterback, he can sustain a throwing offense. We've seen him go for 300-odd yards. He hasn't always had the touchdowns and stuff to make him fantasy relevant. But he has, he, he can actually sustain a passing offense. So if they're down a lot, I actually think Rashad Perryman is the highest caliber wide receivers these guys have. And I think he can flash in the right circumstances. And I think he's going to be a very good value in drafts. And yeah, I just thought I'd mention him because I actually think his landing spot's really going to help him. Uh huh. Yeah, look, I, I don't mind the look at him. The other guy in that realm is, you know, so you see John Brown. Going to the Las Vegas Raiders was really, really tasty because he's going to be a very late pick in drafts, and I think he will easily return his Completely value. agree. Yeah, he's a, he's a one similar to Perryman uh, for me mm. that I just think it's more about not even so much their own talent. It's where they landed and what's around them. Like The Raiders didn't yeah. make that big splash that I thought they were going to try to do with Kenny G. So smooth. Um they just so didn't smooth. do it, and you know John Brown's really out there, almost on his lonesome with a with a second year rug. The cast so, of Nevels, yeah, uh, and then obviously just <laughs> Waller taking up, just you know smashing in the targets from the tight end position. But I think he is actually a really good one too. So that's a good point. Um, I've got. I'll talk about Carlos Hyde just quickly. Please, I don't know if I'm always some thoughts about it. Um, I actually think. People are going to straight away think for Robinson, this is this is terrible. But they were always going to get someone. They were going. Yeah. They had to. They couldn't give a guy a hundred percent of the of the work again, especially in a better team. I just think I don't think it's that bad for him because they went and got Hyde, no. a guy who's 
okay at this point of his career. I don't think he's going to be then going and smashing all these, um, you know, rushing attempts and, you know, working the passing game off, off Robinson. You, you knew someone was going to take something off him, but I think this is almost one of the better case scenarios because it's probably better that they got a guy like Hyde who you know what you're getting out of him. You know, he's never going to be, you know, take the lead job off him or anything instead of them drafting a high-end running back that they actually think could usurp Robinson. I think that would be a lot worse for him. So I wouldn't be too worried about Robinson. He, I, don't get me wrong. He's not going to do what he did last year, but he's also going to be a value in drafts too because everyone's going to be scared off saying, oh, he can't do yep. what he did last year. You know, Hyde's going to take all this work off him, but... I don't think he is. I think he might take 100 to 150 carries in the whole year, um, which brings his percentage down a bit. But I still think he gets all the passing work. Uh, I think the team's going to move yeah. the ball better. Um, they can't move it any worse, put it that way. So, and I, I actually don't, don't think it's that bad of a move for him. I think where he's the scariest for a James Robinson uh, value squashing is the goal Yeah, line. of course. Uh, yeah, that, that's just, you know... That, and, and, I mean, we've seen Carlos Hyde in a Jags jersey before. Do you remember this? I, I knew he was there, but I, I couldn't tell you anything about it. <laughs> we did a whopping big trade with the Browns for some reason or another and, and got him for just in time for a trip to London, I think, against the Eagles. That's right. And then he played not terribly well. And, and I don't even know what happened after that because next thing I saw the ghost of Jamal Charles in a Jags jersey, which I loved. I loved Jamal Charles. But he also played like the ghost of Jamal yeah. Charles. We just couldn't get shit right at court at uh, running back for a moment there. But um, look, I, I agree with you. I just think that he's there to do a particular job. And I don't think it's going to really kill a lot of the James Robinson value. It's just that we, I think we've seen the ceiling of what James Robinson yeah. could ever do. And there's a whole new administration in that building who didn't pick him. So I can see why they wouldn't want to put everything on But it. that's what it is. It is someone was always going to come in and do something. They were always going to pick yep. someone to come in and either share snaps or be the backup. I think this is actually good for him because there were a lot worse people they probably could have brought in. Like I mentioned, a, a high-end draft pick or someone they actually thought could have actually gone and been the one over him, whereas all they've done is just sort of taken a guy that's going to get 100 to 150 carries in the year, maybe, you know what I mean? They had to get someone. I actually think this is the better sort of person for Robinson than what they could have done. They could have found someone that was better in the passing game and taken all his passing work away. Um, oh, I, yeah. I just think in general, like you said, you saw the ceiling. Someone was always going to cap that ceiling by being the backup running back. And I, I, I just think he's going to be a value next year because people are going to be scared away. But I wouldn't be too scared at where you're going to get him. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, if they brought in a Marlon Mack or a Philip Lindsay who signed in other places who were available, that would have bothered me more. You know what I mean? In terms of the James Robinson value. Uh, I just had yeah. one other situation. So, and it really One more. I do it. Um, it should be a drum roll for this one because I know what's coming. <laughs> it starts with... I don't have a drum starts roll. Almost but, yeah. with, it starts and ends with me pleading to the people. Please, God... Please, please, almighty please, stay away from that disgusting Texans backfield. David Johnson, (laughs) Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay, they may as well just be nameless to you. They shouldn't even be a spot. You shouldn't even notice them in your draft. It's... That's like drinking Baileys and milks all night and going on a merry-go-round. You are going to shit and shit, and nothing is going to go right for you. 
It's, you're going to wake up terrible. You're going to hate yourself. It's just going to be the worst experience of your life. So stay away from that gross backfield. Ma- only thing I would say is if you wait a few weeks and somehow two of them get injured and one of them is the only guy, I could maybe see that. But I have no idea where the Texans are going this year in general anyway. So a three-headed, <laughs> I'm not calling it a monster, a three-headed puppy, probably not because they are cute and some people like them. I'm thinking it's more like a three-headed piece of shit skinless cat thing. <laughs> Let's go with that. That's a villain's cat. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know they're either hairless or hairballs and there's no yeah. middle. <laughs> the cat that looks like it's inside out, which you'll look like... <laughs> All right, let's wrap this puppy up because, I mean, we're talking about puppies at the end there. Uh, I'm going to speed around a couple of these names and teams, and I just think most of them are non-events. Trubisky to the Bills, Brissett to the Dolphins, Flacco to the Eagles at quarterback. Tevin Coleman to the Jets, Caleb Balazs to Pittsburgh. Got Jamal Williams to Detroit, Damian Williams to Chicago, whatever. Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills? That's kind of weird. Guess the John Brown replacement, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I wouldn't be thinking he's really a great fantasy option or anything, but maybe not. Uh, I, I mean, late round. Good. Yeah, yeah, maybe that might be worth it. I mean, I liked that in mine last year with Breeze, and Josh Allen's definitely a, uh, a huge uptick for uh, him um, than what Breeze was. Uh, so, oh, 100%. yeah. Uh, I, AJ I Green? It's probably worth a late round push. He's probably going to have some decent games. I just don't know if it's going to be consistent enough. No, no. How about AJ Green to Arizona? I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, nah. Late round, <laughs> late round. He's the new Larry Fitz. Uh, D Jacks to the Rams. Oi! Yeah, I reckon that's. I mean, obviously, I'm talking about my boy D Jack, so I don't oh, know yeah. if I'll be uh, going on the pods and talking him up like some one. huge. No, no, I've already, I'm, I'm writing this in. So no, you're right. Oh, why not? Why not? Like, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> you're um, already, I've already got that prediction set for week one with you in the. Uh, in I just think Stafford being there is going to help all the the guys in the passing game in general. 100%. So you know, AJ Jacks will obviously be a you know hit or miss guy, and he's going to have some games where he booms as well. So yeah, keep an eye on. What about Keelan Cole to the Jets beside Corey Davis? Uh, that is a remodeled receiving core right there. Yeah, nah, nothing much. Just uh, it's the Jets. Who knows? Do you know what, what that is? Do? You know that scene in Ghost where they start with a lump of clay, they turn it into something, and you know, the passion takes over and everything goes to shit. That's the where we're at with the Jets receiving chorus. You remember a few years ago it was Marshall and Decker, and ah oh, man, it was great. We're just back to it being a lump of shit on a spinning table again. That's it's, <laughs> that's where we're at with the Jets. You, you could have cut out that whole part about the movie Ghost and then yeah. the molding, and just started with it goes to shit, and I would have known who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to talk much about the passionate bit because I know there's a lot of passion going on in the old Jets, but yeah. I've got one more wide receiver who I think is worth a mention. Andre Roberts going to Houston, just because I think he's going to be chucking the fucking thing everywhere. Uh, thoughts? Uh, like I said, it's hard to know because what's going on with Deshaun. Like, if Watson's still there um, and he's in jail... Um, <laughs> God knows. He, yeah, he might be having to tunnel out like Shawshank style. But <laughs> if, if it's some backup, I wouldn't want anyone. Like, no. and especially a guy like that just sort of coming in, learning a new system and everything. Um, I just think I'm staying away from the Texans in general this year. They are just a basket case, and they are years, multiple years away from turning it around. So, I don't know. I just, I think someone like that coming in it just isn't really that relevant for me at the moment, especially going to the Texans. 
it makes me feel very excited. The Jags might be third in our division this year. Yeah, uh, last, exactly. <laughs> last one here. Um, how tight is your end? Because Kyle Rudolph is now a New York Giant. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be really fantasy relevant. From what everything I've seen, he's going to be used as a blocking blocking tight end a lot. Um, so I, I don't know how much fantasy value he'll have. I think Evan Ingram will still be the better fantasy guy. They may take some off each other a bit. Uh, like I said, I don't think he's going to have too much fantasy relevance, to be honest. But, it, you know, I've heard, I, he seems to be a very good blocking tight end. So, again, that probably helps the Giants. But I don't know if he's going to do too much. Here's my Kyle Rudolph nightmare. You get Evan Ingram have his five catches for 52 yards. Feeling good. But at the goal line, it's Kyle Rudolph, two catches, three yards, two touchdowns. You bastard. Yeah, <laughs> that is what he'll do. Um, one actually, one interesting one what isn't actually a person that signed anywhere else, but Irv Smith being the tight end for the Vikings, I think gets an uptick with Rudolph leaving. Yep. So I, I reckon he's a good late de- late tight end sort of guy to look at. Him and him and Higby, if I don't end up trying to get one of the top three, I think there's some later tight ends I would really like to look at. How's your love affair with Hayden Hurst going? <laughs> yeah, that's gone. Um, he's... <laughs> He's just paired in the Ronald McDonald sort of pairing with uh, good old Carson Wentz. And, uh, Carson and Andy Dalton. Those guys mean nothing to me now. <laughs> I do appreciate that here I am giving you a whole bunch of shit about the worst position in the universe. And you were very graceful to me about David and Duke Johnson. So maybe I should just pack what, away my criticisms. <laughs> what's funny is, like, I don't know exactly what number Hurst ended up, but it actually wasn't as bad as... I probably feel like it was. I just, I thought he was the breakout sort of guy and he just wasn't. Like, he was the kind of guy that in such a shit position, you actually could find someone else to go to. So, in a a certain week, and if you could actually justify playing someone over him in the tight end position, you know he hasn't had the best year. So, he just wasn't the guy I hoped he was. So, I don't think he destroyed anyone because tight end, we all know how bad it was last year if you didn't have the top two. So, What's the difference between tight end twelve and tight end twenty nine? Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Exactly. So he didn't. Uh-huh. He wasn't the reason. Props for bravery. Season. He wasn't the exact Props reason. My season was a complete pile of turd, but you know, <laughs> he, he just was a guy that just added. Chuck him on the pile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think uh, it. In terms of tight end, uh, what a great place to leave it because now my end is feeling very loose. We've just had a great Hayden Hurst discussion at the end. Uh, mate, thank you so much for coming by again. It's always great to have you on. Absolutely, mate. I have to sit on one of those rings on my seat um, because my loose my end is so loose. So one of those <laughs> cushiony rings that help your arsehole feel better. So um, <laughs> thanks for that, mate. That was a great finish. But um, wow. yeah, always great to talk about the free agents. So I can't wait to see what we talk about next. Yeah, it'll be great, man. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll get you back real soon. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, man. I'm going to let you go so you can ring Sarah back and I can ring Bell back. No, I'm me four different ways, the crazy woman. Anyway. So is your man. I'll have a good day. Travel safely. Yeah, travel safely, brother. Look after yourself. Don't eat too much chalk. Oh, I'll try not to. <laughs> I'll catch you later, man. Catch I'll get you. one of these episodes up tonight and the other one early next week. Sounds good, mate. See you, brother. See ya. Thanks, mate. Bye. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. Us Aussie folk can say some odd things. Perhaps a crash course in our language is best attempted in moderation, mate. Give yourself an uppercut to be reminded to take a reality check. Someone once actually bothered to tell Philip Rivers' wife to use birth control. Give yourself an uppercut, mate. Haskins has just been an absolute... 
turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I had a Ron Jeremy size boner going for him there. <laughs> you had in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor nailed, I've got to say. Well, goodness, that was a heck of a ride. And I think there we can put the bow on the end of the first bout of free agency. Man, it is always fun to have Taylor Corby. He is just full of great insight, but also a whole bunch of humor. He's one of the favorite parts of our show, as it's absolutely told by you. We get more people listening to episodes with Taylor on them than we do for anything else. There's nothing I can do that seems to bring people the way that having Taylor on the show does. It's great. And Seahorse will be back soon, too. It's uh, another thing that people just seem to love the Seahorse. It's going to be good to have him back through April and May. Now, we got to get out of here. It is a terrific time to mention that in Appreciation April, our next episode is going to be late in the week with my great mate from the Chaotic Neutral podcast. So look out for that one. It's part of Appreciation April where we're going to be having some great collaborations with some wonderful independent podcasters. So stick around and catch those. And then we're also going to have much more fantasy relevant topics in the early week show each week through April. And I'll tell you what, as May approaches too, we're going to have more news coming from the NFL as it becomes NFL draft season, and we'll have much more exciting news to talk about where these guys who are coming into the league and are going to find homes on NFL teams, and then we get to surmise how many of them will actually have any fantasy-relevant role through the regular season and who to look out for in fantasy world. So make sure you stick with us through April and May here on the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find us everywhere you get a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, the works. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. We're also over on Twitter these days at Astro League Pod. My name's Matty C and I'm getting out of here. Hooroo. Play. Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.